Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at BurnOrangeNation.com. Before we get started today, I'd love to remind you, if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, all of the places where you can find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and I'd also like to remind you to, to connect with us on social media. You can follow us at Longhorn Pod on Twitter, the Longhorn Republic on Facebook, and as always, shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Well, my name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week, like I am every week, and I'm joined by a man who knows the time and the status of a certain team from the north, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I don't want to divulge too much, but it is uh, somewhere around 9.30 right now, and OU sucks. Now, let me start the podcast this way, Gerald. I told you I would give you no heads up for this. I just want to start, even though it is later in the evening, start with this. Good morning, Vietnam in Oklahoma. You're about to lose to the uh, the only opponent you've played all season, baby. It's hate week. It's Texas OU. Vietnam. In Dallas. It's time. This is the big one, the first of two big ones, but the big one. And the gold hat is currently, as we record, residing in Austin, and it's probably going to end up back in Austin. And you know what? We may get cold takes exposed on this, but I'm going to go and say it. We are we're we're, we're the podcast for a a Texas Longhorn specific blog, so we can be a little biased. But it is OU week. It's time for the OU preview, and so we are just going to have so much fun today, both analyzing and making fun of our. Our, we'll just call him a cousin from the north. So Texas opened up at a 10.5-point underdog. Uh, the over-under for the game set at 75, which I think is disturbingly low. Oklahoma hasn't played a ranked team yet. Their opponents are combined 12-16 and 16 on the year, floating the average of South Dakota State, who is 4-1. <laughs> Kyle, there's a lot of money coming in for this 10.5-point line that just seems absolutely like free money. Uh, Texas is not a 11-point underdog at OU. No, that's absolutely easy money. I, I mean, they beat Houston, who were, it's a name. People know the name. They have been good, mainly when, when Tom Herman was there. Um, Houston is so bad this year that they are basically simming the rest of the season and shutting their quarterback down to buy another year. Um, their defense has, has not looked great. UCLA needed like 11 turnovers from from Mike Leach's team to to you know get a comeback and 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 get a win there although a crazy game they've also done that to A&M in the past so it's nothing special um Kansas put up 20 and honestly in the first quarter they looked to just be trading jabs i mean i i i don't think you can you can understate or excuse me overstate how cake the schedule has been so far tech looks lively this week against Oklahoma State but again it, it's the 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 other side of the coin from a, a Spencer Sanders you know dynamic young player one game he will be dynamic and one game he'll be young against Texas he got dynamic against Tech he got five turnovers so I mean I don't really think that Texas Tech is a world beater we'll see they could be all right but that's that's your quality win that's that's it you beat a pretty good FCS team you beat you beat Tech that's what you're hanging your hat on they're about to get the the 
the wheels blown off of them by the Texas offense. I'm not saying that they can't also put up some points. We'll get into the numbers here in a little bit. Um, but but that Oklahoma defense is going to going to get punched right in the throat. I think the easier money here is that 75 over under. Like, yeah. This this is a 80 to 90 point game if I've ever seen one. Now, again, none of the records, none of the stats matter in a rivalry game. We've Correct. seen really bad Texas teams beat really good Oklahoma teams. We've seen really good Oklahoma teams beat or really bad Oklahoma teams beat really good Texas teams. So none of it matters, but it's a Big 12 rivalry game. They're, you've got Jalen Hurts, who's playing really well. You've got Sam Ellinger, who's playing the best football of his life right now. Like Those two guys trading punches is going to be a sight to behold. Oh, there's going to be some balls put up in the air between those two quarterbacks, and there's some great, great receivers. We're going to talk a little bit specifically about the um, what – you know what Texas brings, and we know what they have bringing back Colin Johnson too will be huge. Um, but there's going to be some electric plays. There's probably going to be some explosive plays on both sides. You want to dive in and start looking at that uh, that OU offense a little bit to see what the Texas defense is up against. Yeah, I think that's the place to start. So the OU offense, like they will be forever, uh, is is a is a juggernaut. Fifty three points per game, nine point nine four yards per play. Jalen Hurts putting up video game numbers, seventy five percent completions. 1,523 yards, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. Add to that, 499 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, Lincoln Riley is officially the transfer whisperer, but I don't think they're going to get another transfer quarterback because they're pretty all-in on Spencer Rattler. But Jalen Hurts is, is the straw that, that stirs the drink for OU, and that's that's got to be the guy that, that Texas has a strategy to beat uh, on Saturday. Jalen Hurts is absolutely the latest in the line of great quarterbacks to come to you and, and, and put up great numbers. But do you know who the last trivia it was actually the trivia for the West Virginia game, so you probably saw this, but do you know who the last transfer quarterback to win a national championship was, Joe? Uh, was it uh, Cam Newton? No, 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 no. It's a guy who literally I had forgotten existed until they put the stat up. Um, and he, he now, um, I believe, is uh, an insurance salesman. Um, Jake Coker who transferred uh, I remember that and then forgot that because Jay Coker that that quickly right that that quickly but it's only because he transferred to Nick Saban's bunch um you know I haven't seen that you've gotten a couple couple real good quarterbacks who did good things but he hadn't won them all yet with with a kid who comes in for his you know his one year for his uh, basically his uh his XFL stint, the way that, that the OU plays, or you know, just uh, arena football league year, putting up gaudy numbers and trying to get drafted, but it doesn't necessarily translate to championships. But I will say this: Hurts brings something different than the last two quarterbacks. Baker could move around; he could scramble. He was a wildcat out there, just you know, moved around to throw the ball real far down the field. Um, similar with Ky- Kyler Murray, he knew how to not get hit. He knew how to take the angles to do things and then get out of bounds and not get touched. Hertz is a whole different beast. I, his arm is one thing, but but the way he runs the football is what um, I'm a little bit more concerned about. He's just under 500 yards on the season on 57 attempts, seven touchdowns uh, this year. I, I mean, I, I think legitimately you, you look at a you look at a Justin Fields maybe and, and Sam Ellinger and Hertz for the 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 true you know best dual threats in the country. I mean, Hertz Hertz really can hurt you, pun intended, with his legs, um, and he's not the type like a Spencer Sanders who's going to just slip and, and be electric and try to get past you and get to the outside and go. He's m- more akin to what we've seen with Ellinger, who will put his shoulder down when he needs to and run three. He's a strong, strong runner. Um, I still am curious about his arm 
and and you know he has some great receivers we'll talk about in a moment that I think hide a little bit of the fact that he is clearly the third best passer out of the three transfers they've had in a row and I don't think it's I mean, I don't think it's even close. That was one of the reasons why he got beat out at, at Alabama was was the arm strength and his inability to kind of make those those intermediate throws, kind of some of the harder throws to make. Like it's easy to throw a long ball and it's easy to throw a short one. Those, those medium throws are the tough ones to complete. And I think the other thing that, that we may see differentiating for OU is that Eric Swenson and, and Adrian Ely are – both, as Bob Stoop said on Monday, highly doubtful to play. Uh, and they haven't seen a pair of defensive ends as good as Malcolm Roach and Taquan Graham all year. And so we'll talk about that a little bit more when it comes to the defense. But I think the OU offensive line is still trying to figure out what it is. They're really unproven. They haven't started the same five group of offensive linemen in a single game. And that will likely continue on Saturday. And so I think that is a when – you're, when you're talking about – having a quarterback that is your your chief playmaker the the second biggest thing you need to look out for is your offensive line to see if they're able to hold up under pressure and that's something that Todd Orlando is going to dial up in bunches oh yeah and we talked about in in our recap of West Virginia but but missed tackles is going to be a key factor here um this week I think I think the fact that the line is going to be less than 100% um, means that Texas is going to bring bring the heat, and I think that means that you're probably going to get Hurts uh, getting the ball out of his hands quicker, some shorter passes. He's had a lot of those this year, and they've been able to get a lot of yak, but, I mean, it's really going to come down to how well um, – or the secondary making open field tackles. How quickly can linebackers scrape and get out and help on, you know, screens? And, and, and I, I don't think that, um, you know, U of H necessarily has, has – cornerbacks as athletic as as Jamison I don't think they necessarily have you know uh, on Kansas a safety the the caliber and in, in the decision making ability that Brandon Jones has you know I, I think there is a chance that the only hurts thrown only two INTs this year there's a chance that that number doubles in this game you know I think um, Texas secondary has been beat up we, we've talked ad nauseum about that but um, I, I do think that you know, they're going to be tested. They're going to give up yards. They're going to give up big plays. It truly is going to happen. Um, but if they can continue to have the bend, don't break, and they can hold OU, you know, as they did last year, uh, well under their, their scoring average, um, and, and, and they really dial up a good one, then I think even having um, a player like CeeDee Lamb, who right now is looking every bit with his nearly 25 yards a catch, uh, 18 for 439 and seven touchdowns, those are high school football numbers, um, is looking like a first-round pick. Texas doesn't necessarily have a lockdown corner, but I think you high-low him. I think you you make other people beat you. You, you kind of treat him like you did Tylen Wallace. And you saw with a receiver, probably the other best receiver in the conference, and really two out of the probably five best receivers in the country right now, um, they took care of him. So I, 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 I think that, I'll say this. I'm optimistic about how that unit's going to perform. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, as we focus on the OU offense, I think the thing that, that we look at is is Texas has shown that they're able to shut down or not shut down because you don't shut down a guy like C.D. Lamb. You don't shut down a guy like Tylen Wallace. You limit what they can do. And so I think that's that's got to be what Texas looks at for kind of matching up with OU. And here's, here's a newsflash for you guys. Trey Sermon is not Chuba Hubbard. Right. And so I think – 
OU is going to end up having to to air it out way more than they're used to. They've been pretty balanced this year as far as you know, Aside from Hertz's numbers, it's been all Hertz, but they've been really, really balanced as far as play choices. And so I think that's going to be a big difference is that OU is going to have to lean into its passing game. It's going to have to have Jalen Hurts win the game for them. And anytime you go one-dimensional, the pendulum swings to the defensive coordinator. Yeah, and, and, and like you alluded to earlier, I mean, that offensive line being down and, and, I mean, already coming in, I think Oklahoma State just had so many. I think it was like 40-some-odd starts between that um, or 50 coming in on that line. They had a lot of um, guys who'd played uh, together, even though they weren't necessarily the most elite line in the country. That experience and Texas just ragdolled them. That defensive line just moved Oklahoma State around wherever they wanted them. Roach, Coburn, uh, TQ, Sweat. I mean, they all they all just got where they wanted. And I think it's going to be similar where they shut down the run game and make this a pass game. I think it might look more similar to West Virginia. Um, Texas just has to, if they put themselves in those positions, they have to make the place, right? I think they're going to, they're going to make this into that type of game. I mean, I think we talked about CD lame. You have to talk about Rambo as well. They have another weapon. Who's real, real good. Um, has really emerged this year as a weapon. So that's kind of like, you think again, to that Oklahoma state offense with a Dylan stoner. Um, they were fortunate that he just was taken out of the game. So if they can, they could do that and they could continue to own the point of attack, which that Texas defensive line has been by far, um, you know, the, the, the creme de la creme, uh, in the big 12, though I do have to give it up to, like we said, the, the, the defensive tackles from, uh, the Sills brothers from, uh, West Virginia. Um, I think Texas as a, as a unit has just set that edge so incredibly well, um, that I think it is going to change the way OU game plays. But one thing you have to say for, for as much as you may not love them, may not respect them. They may even suck. Um, Lincoln Riley and that OU staff knows how to game plan. They know how to draw up an offense. They know how to squeeze 500 yards out of any defense in the country. I need the Cowboys to continue to be awful. So Jerry Jones backs the Brinks truck up to Lincoln Riley's front door and gets him out of Norman because I think Lincoln Riley is probably the best football mind in the country period. Like regardless of level, I think Lincoln Riley is probably the best guy going. Um, But I think there's a lot to be said about just the fact that OU is going to move the ball. Like we, we know that. And so I think, if you're a Texas fan going into this game expecting it to be a defensive slugfest, that's not what the Big 12 has ever done for you, right? Since, what, maybe 2004, 2005, the Big 12 has been dominated by offenses. The offenses have evolved in the last 15 years more, uh, running you know, back way back in the day, and now we're definitely a spread, run the, like, you know, throw the ball all over the yard kind of league. But I think the, the OU offense is going to move. And so I think we have to talk about what the OU defense brings to the table and how Texas matches up with it. Because I think this is going to be this is going to be Rocky and Apollo Creed, right? This is going to be just swinging and, and, and slapping and just going at it. So the OU defense giving up 364 yards per game, 5.4 five yards per play, uh, giving up a ton of passing yards, almost 200 yards, passing 148 yards on the ground. They have given up a ton of yardage to some lesser opponents through their first five games. Yeah, I think last year that may have worried me a little bit more, or I did worry me a little bit more heading into the – game last year and, and Texas was still able to do it with kind of like we said winning the turnover battles and and, and playing smart football right um, this year I feel way more confident that Texas can come in and, and take advantage of a even though Grinch is doing some interesting things with that defense they're still not 
a great unit. I don't even know if I'm calling him a good unit. Um, Texas, I feel like, is equipped, um, and especially bringing Colin Johnson back. And, and we've talked so much about how that literally just changes the entire like tilt of a defense, the entire way that you play. I, I think Texas is ready to throw haymakers. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say with all the injuries and all the things that they've had that, you know what, Texas is, is the, absolutely the better offense, but I think they are they are relatively comparable. And I'll say, OU hasn't hasn't had the same group of five offensive linemen start a game this season. Texas has the best offensive line in the Big 12, uh, par none. So uh, I think that, that that is where the game probably uh, is won. If Texas can, can, I don't know if they get another 200-yard rushing game, but I think the more they, they keep that time of possession like they did, um, in, in the, they did last season too, but, but they did in the West Virginia game. The more they keep the ball out of the OU offense hands and they grind it and they keep getting first downs and they run the ball um, and they move the chains and they convert on third downs, the more that they do that, the more that it takes their OU's biggest strength out of their hands. It has them sitting there getting you know antsy on the sidelines, and then you hope that they try to go over there and, and, and play out of their their, their, their selves and, and get into a mistake football. You know that, That's where Texas offense... They can throw haymakers, but I'm also happy if they just get six yards of popping and and get some, you know, 10 play 75 yard drives. That's beautiful to me. Yeah. And I think the, the KPIs for Texas in this game are going to be the same that they have been for the last three years. And that's time of possession and turnovers. I think if Texas is able to win the time of possession game, they'll they'll be able to win this game. And if they win the turnover game, they're definitely going to win this game because OU is minus one turnover margin uh, in conference play. They're plus two on the season, but they feasted again on some lesser opponents, but I think Texas is going to have to Texas is going to have to be able to put up points. And you mentioned Colin Johnson. And I think that's that's the big differentiator is Colin Johnson. I'm tired of hearing people say he's overrated. Is he a perfect wide receiver? You'll never hear me say that. Not a perfect wide receiver, but Colin Johnson absolutely changes the way you scheme because the one thing Colin Johnson does really well is he beats press coverage. And so you cannot press when Colin Johnson is on the field because he'll beat you at the line, put his left hand up, and go down the sidelines on you. And the the team that he always shows out on, his best games of his career, is playing against the Lilliputians that OU trots out there at quarterback. Yeah, and, and, and that's where the, the joke, but kind of the, the actual strategy that seems to be applied against him has originated from is, well, if you can't beat him, just tackle him. You know, pass interference the way down the field. And, and I kept watching that West Virginia game and saying, I know it's break only in case of emergency, um, but but how much Colin Johnson would have feasted against what those West Virginia corners were doing when they were just bailing out, um, and and you know Eagles to some extent certainly apps Bert a little bit didn't really know how to make them pay for that again against OU. Colin Johnson is not just a. I think the narrative on him is he runs downfield for 50 yards and can throw the jump ball up to him. He is a really, really smart receiver. He's he's unbelievable at getting off the uh, getting off the press, and he's great at breaking routes off if that's what the defense is giving him. He will take 12, 13 yards on a comeback on an out. Like he will he will take those all day and and kill you with them until you you start coming up and then beat you over the top. He is he is a, a very smart receiver. He and Sam have incredible timing. Um, I, I just think it, it's going to shift again. Like I said, the whole defense where they're going to double cover there, or, or or maybe not. Maybe they maybe they take their chances with the tackle defense um, and, and try to lock up underneath. Pro Football Focus's number four rated receiver 
in the country right now, Devin Duvernay, a guy who um, coming into the week led the nation in catches. So, I mean, we talked about the Oklahoma offense and the receiver weapons they have. Don't forget that Texas with Jake Smith and Brennan Eagles and those two guys we just talked about has one of the best receiving groups in the conference and probably in the country. Sam Ellinger loves the inside receiver. Like, that's just what he feels really comfortable throwing to. And I think part of that is because Texas's big guys on the outside demand so much coverage that the guys on the inside absolutely find a way to get open. Because if you match up a linebacker on that guy, he's going for six. And if you match up a corner on Devin Duvernay, he's going to outbody them like we've seen him do so many times. And so I think that, to me, is going to be a huge differentiator. And we have to talk about the running backs because I think the running backs are going to be a huge key for Texas. Texas as well. You mentioned it uh, off the off the start about kind of Texas dominating the time of possession, but I think this is going to be the the this is going to be kind of a a grow up game for Keontae Ingram because he's been inconsistent. Granted, he's been hurt, but you see that when he gets when he doesn't get it going early, he struggles to keep it going late. And I think that's been a thing for him. And Keontae Ingram needs to have a big boy game. And if he doesn't have a big boy game, and Roshan Johnson has another big boy game like he did this week, then the pendulum may end up swinging and switching and Roshan continues to get more and more carries. It's good to have two running backs and in this type of game, it's good to have a, you know, a committee or at least a two that you can put out there and feel comfortable with. I think that's just the way the game exists right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, which one of those gets the first carries of the game gets the scripted calls um, will be interesting. If Roshan does uh, another game again, he's, he's, he, you're like, well, he's only, well, he's, he's only freshman, but Hey, you know, Keontae Ingram's only a sophomore. We got young guys, so they're, they're going to grow. They're going to play a lot of OU in their time on the 40. This is the game you come to UT for, though. This is the game, like you said, Colin Johnson definitely has this circled on the calendar. Um, you know, this is the game that you come to play in the Cotton Bowl. You see some heroes made, um, and, and I would love for that to happen. I'll tell you my absolute dream scenario is that we get – uh, Kirk Johnson in the game and not only Colin Johnson but both Johnson brothers get a touchdown I would absolutely lose my stuff I would cry like I'm watching Rudy if we could get a Kirko touchdown uh, this week but but legitimately I think the the two backs especially with the Whittington injury news um, that will see the field uh, I did think that he was going to descend in a like a jetpack from the Steve Patterson days into the stadium but it does sound like we're probably running with the Roshan and Keontae show um, I, I mean I'd like them both to eat. Why can't they both get 75, 80 yards, you know? I, I would love to see it. I would I would love to see both of them have a good game. I think one it, it's gonna it's it's a one or the other because I think they're both players that feed off when they're hot, and so you kind of just feed the hot hand, which I think is what the Texas staff needs to happen. Uh the the thing that you mentioned in there is uh the the injuries, and so we do wanna we do wanna update that really quickly. So over uh, Colin Johnson, full participant on Sunday. He's going to play. Uh, Cade Brewer and Chris Brown are all going to play after being banged up. Overshone is also expected to play. Whittington will be out. Um, so what does that do to change like that, that personnel? Uh, what does that do to change your, your outlook or kind of change your level of excitement for this game? You watched B.J. Foster come back last week and just be a difference maker in that in that secondary with the interception and with the, the big hit. Um, you know, it, it – when you have these guys and you say, oh, well, you're just missing him, it, it, it matters. I think bringing Overshown back, bringing, making sure you have Chris Brown healthy, having playmakers at that position with the amount of you know horses that OU has in their offense, it matters. Um, Cade Brewer being healthy, I'd love to see uh, you know our tight end get a touchdown against OU. I mean, the last one I can think of was, was the uh, – uh, 
blew it uh, touchdown in the back of the end zone, which was fantastic. Um, but I would love to see a tight end get involved in OU, a team that loves to use the tight end every year. I'd love to see us do it back to them. You know, it, having all those players there is fantastic. Obviously, the Colin Johnson one is the is the headliner out of the bunch. Um, but again, not having Whittington um, is the is the biggest. Just because he's one more weapon gives you a little bit more depth. The running back he can be a home run threat. Um, but I do think Texas this year more than recent years uh, teams can can they have enough home run threats. Adding one more is great. It's always good to have another one. Um, but again, we I would love to see him, I, and and I was hoping it would be this week. Um, but when he comes back, I can't wait to watch him you know, hit home runs in the big 12. But, uh, but this week, this week we won't have him, but we got, we have plenty of firepower in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's, there's plenty of, of, of ammunition in the chamber. And you know what? Like if you, if you can redshirt Whittington, like you don't, you don't need to play him. Right. Can, if you can, if you're not going to redshirt Roshan, then try to redshirt Whittington. Like if you're not going to, if you're not going to need him, then don't play him. Like that's, that's my, and maybe I'm, maybe that's my controversial hot take of the week. It's like, why don't you just redshirt the guy? Like yeah. he's you, you, and again, Roshan's been getting it done. So like it, that's, that's why I'm able to say that. So let's, let's talk really quickly about the matchup that you're most excited to watch this week. So of, of all of the things we've mentioned, like what's the one that you're like most excited and want to see what the outcome is? Well, I, I think that the one that I, I legitimately, the first thing that made me think about this, that, that I legitimately can't wait to watch is, is our boy snacks is big body Coburn going against, OU. He he endeared himself himself to the Longhorn faithful before he ever played uh, a down on the 40 acres by by taking shots at OU by speaking the truth into existence about Baker and and the Sooners um and he's lived it this year. He has he is an absolute force of nature. Um he is a guy who again we I think we've talked about this on the podcast. You can make a legitimate case that that Texas is DTU, they are the defensive tackle university of, of the country. They just produce. You think back, all of these guys, and and I'm not just saying recent vintage of the Malcolm Browns and the Punas and in Chris Nelson or anything like that. I'm talking in the all-time pantheon of UT great defensive tackles, your Casey Hamptons, etc. Um, he has a chance to be as good as anyone who's ever played the position at UT. Look at what he's doing as he's still learning and growing in that position, just his raw force, his speed at that size, the ability to just, you know, be the point of the spear like Puna uh, was so fantastic at doing and just, you know, caving the line uh, around him, forcing the double team to free up linebackers, the things he does. And then again, we, we obviously know that about him. He's going up against Creed Humphrey, who besides being named like a character in a Rocky Balboa movie, um, is also one of the best centers in the country, a legit NFL draft prospect. And when you talk about um, maybe some some inconsistency on the offensive line at OU, you were talking about everyone who's not the center. He is the anchor. He has been since he was a freshman when they had unbelievable lines, uh, especially looking to last year. Um, he has has been a force. And so watching those two go head-to-head um, is going to be like big, giant 700 pounds of ballet. Yeah, and... and- Again, you know I love I love watching good defensive tackles. We we are the biggest Puna stands in the world. We will say that a ride until we die. And because you said Keandre Coburn, I will not say Malcolm Roach against whatever backup tackle OU trots out there. <laughs> I think that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. But I think For the sure. other the other slander that I would love to sling on Twitter uh, is Colin Johnson against this this OU secondary. I think he is again. 
he's he he's not a perfect receiver. You'll you'll never hear me say he's a perfect receiver. I think Colin Johnson is an incredible game changer as far as schemes go, and I think when he plays at the top of his game, there's not a a defensive back in the conference that can that can play with him just because he's so big and so physical and so smart. And I think that like OU is where he pulls out all the stops. Like I think this is going to be the game where he changes some of the conversation around him, and I think he's going to show you why he was he gets a lot of draft time and why he gets a lot of buzz. And I think this is going to be a game where I get to send out my favorite tweet about Colin Johnson signing people's birth certificates. Like, that's my favorite thing to do. So I think this game, more than any, uh, Colin Johnson is going to show out as a senior in in his final Red River game and really uh, show people what he's made of. Three words, or one word, if you, you hyphenate it, Gerald, and go with me here. Rope-a-dope. Muhammad Ali changed the game. One of the greatest boxers, if not the of all time, he could have come out and just beat people to a pulp. He came up with a strategy. What if I let them tire themselves out by wanting to hit me? Talk mess to them, you know, uh, antagonize them, cover up, make them, you know, expend their energy on, on low ROI punches, and then I come out and destroy them. Colin Johnson's injuries seem to be, seem to be minor. In that time, he sat out. And, and he's definitely going to be back for OU. Um, but Devin, Devin DuVernay stepped up. And, and like I said, last week coming into the game was the leading receiver in the country by all kinds of metrics, by uh, catches, by yards after catch, by broken tackles after, excuse me, broken tackles after catch, by number of drops that didn't happen, I guess least, uh, or, or lowest number of drops. He had a catch against West Virginia, which was unbelievable on the sideline. I, there's like eight receivers in the country who have the hand strength to make that. But basically you build up this, this, this character, this Devin Duvernay and the defense, which would typically in this game say, all right, we double Colin and Devin eats maybe after, after 40 catches to, to start the season um, on pace to, you know, basically touch Jordan Shipley or break his single season record. Maybe they say, well, we have to uh, double, double Devin. And especially on third downs, that's where that's the only place Ellinger looks what if Ellinger on a on a third and six stares at Duvernay? You got three guys jumping it, and then you got big old Colin Johnson with a five foot one corner, you know, two yards behind him, just just gallivanting into the end zone. What if this was all a brilliant ploy? Is what I'm saying, Gerald. I don't think Tom Herman is one for gamesmanship when it comes to injuries, but I do think it was a like if they if if it was tight against West Virginia and things got iffy and you need to trot that guy out, they could have, and so. I'm so glad that they didn't because just keep him fresh. Fewer hits on his body. Keep that. Keep him able to come out and do what he needs to do against OU. So that, I think, naturally brings us to firing Smokey. So, Kyle, what's your prediction? What's what's your bold prediction for this Saturday? Gerald, you and I both were journalism majors. We aren't we aren't ones for math. But um, if you take the, the, the over-under as it currently stands, it's 75 points. If you just split that right down the middle, it's it's 37 and a half. Let's let's you know, let's call it 36 just, just to make it easy, um, one way or the other, right? So 36 points. I am gonna go on the record. He doesn't kick field goals. I'm gonna go on the record and say Sam Ellinger is going to account for 36 points by himself. That's six touchdowns. Four through the air, two on the ground, five through the air, one on the ground, whatever it is. 36 points are coming from the Ellen God. This is the game that the preseason multitude of of 
you know, coverage that he was on, the the backstories, the moving videos, the tribute pieces, all of the Sam mania built up to. This is it, and and if there was ever a kid who who lives for that, who lives to to knock OU off their perch, who lives to take Texas from you know right outside the top ten where they seem to stay and catapult them into the top five, it's Sam. He's the guy who wanted Texas back. So I'm I'm calling it right here. I'm going spicy with it. Sam will take his half of the over under. He will take thirty six points, six touchdowns himself this Saturday in Dallas. That's uh that is a very very spicy prediction and I like it. And I think if if you hit Kyle, I think uh I think Texas wins this game uh moderately comfortably. I'll go ahead and say. So mine actually is on the opposite side of the ball. The biggest divergence I think we've had all year. I think that Texas exploits the fact that OU's kind of edges are a little frayed and I think that the Texas defense comes up with three sacks on Saturday three sacks against Jalen Hurts because I think that's the the type of pressure that they're going to dial up early and I think they're going to try to get in his head and get in his, his chest pretty quick Ooh, I like that a lot man I I, I also am, am rooting for your prediction that's that's I really like the implications of that I think that means like you said Orlando comes up excuse me, comes out aggressive. I think that means that the defensive ends are just doing work. And then I think that also means that linebacker secondary, someone is having a remember this kid because OU's a platform game, whether that's a Chris Brown or Foster or even Overshone if he's in there, but someone coming in and just getting another one of those uh, legendary hits on OU quarterbacks. Sergio Kendall had one. Um, there was some that knocked money out of, out of uh, a certain OU quarterback's pockets. Um, you, you know, this is the game for making yourself a legend. So I like that. I'm, I'm looking for a big hit to come with one of those sacks in, in, in my perfect world. That's got to be Foster blitzing from that nickel position. Oh, like, I hope so. I just need him to not get penalized and kicked out of the game doing it. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I think if it like BJ, I love how aggressive you play, but you're worthless if you get kicked out and get us a 15 yard penalty. Like just, just, I, I, I need you to keep your head, keep your head up and keep your head on. But that's all we've got for you this week. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas pregamer on Twitter at Texas pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, Longhorn Republic Pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, it's 10.04. And OU sucks.